as I said a minute ago, 58 beautiful and uh, nice degrees here in Eau Claire by the studio at Wax 104.5. What a morning. It's going to be a great day. And I can't remember the last time that I jumped outside early in the morning and had a 58-degree temperature like that. It's it's feeling nice. It's really feeling nice. And uh, we'll look into some cooler air even possibly tonight. And this is after a hot and muggy week like last week. Uh, good sleeping weather. Unfortunately, there's a lot to do for some of the people up in Barron and Polk County in that area that had uh, heavy damage again from storms in the past couple of days. And I put out the call again. Uh, give folks a call up there. See what you can do to help those guys out, those uh, men and women out up there, those families, just to get uh, yards cleared, roads cleared, some buildings picked up, whatever it might be. It's 5 a.m. This is WAXX 104.5 FM radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Let's hear some world and national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. All eyes will be on Detroit tonight and tomorrow night for the second round of debates among the top 20 Democrats in the polls as they seek their party's presidential nomination. Ten will be on stage each night at the Fox Theater with the two-hour debates aired live on CNN. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders and Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren will take center stage tonight. Capital One says a data breach on July the 19th exposed the information of about 100 million Americans and 6 million Canadians. Brian Shook reports. The bank disclosed 140,000 social security numbers, 80,000 bank account numbers, and personal information from credit card applications over the last 14 years were compromised by a hacker. The FBI has arrested the person responsible. Capital One says they've fixed the problem. Brian Shook, NBC News Radio. When it comes to President Trump's critical tweets about Baltimore, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan says enough is enough. On Twitter, the Republican Hogan said that people are completely fed up with this nonsense. Hogan condemned divisive politics, saying Washington politicians need to focus on solving the problems not just of Baltimore, but of all our urban areas. He called Baltimore the heart and lifeblood of Maryland and home to a very strong and resilient people. A missile launcher had to be confiscated at Baltimore Washington International Airport yesterday. The TSA says a person who had the launcher in a checked bag claimed to be an active-duty military member who was returning home from Kuwait. The TSA believes that the man did not realize he couldn't check the spent launcher in his bag. He was allowed to catch his flight home. Scientists are working on a contact lens that can zoom in and out. The prototype lens created at the University of San Diego is controlled by eye movements. Wearers can change magnification by blinking twice. It's not ready for everyday use yet, though. Right now, it only works with a special setup involving a number of electrodes on the face. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. It's time for another Synergy Cooperative Agronomy and Feed Update. Scott Schultz with Sarah McHenry this morning. Sarah's the Feed Department Sales Manager and Nutritionist at Synergy Cooperative. And Sarah, there's a lot of things that are related agronomy and feed this year as much as ever. It's always related, of course, but this year there's some uh, alternative forages out there. And we probably will wind up with a little more corn silage, perhaps, than in a normal crop year. What are you looking at nutritionally? Uh, what do we have to be watching for? 
Well, as always, uh, forage quality is king when it comes to any dairy ration. But uh, the nice thing about when you sample forages, we get to look at the UNDF number on a lot of these forages, and that's kind of been our go-to number, so to speak, when we look at these alternative forage sample results. Um, the UNDF is just an indication of how undigestible the NDF portion is of the forage. Right. So the lower the number, the better. Right. It's been interesting to see some of those samples come back with uh, lower than expected numbers, actually even better wow. than last year's corn silage. I, I know there's been some butterfat fluctuation uh, seasonally this time of year going on in the countryside, but how's how's that working in right now with some of the alternative forages and and the feeds that we're seeing this summer? Well, it's been interesting due to, obviously, we don't have any feeds, so we're feeding a little, probably a little more concentrate than we normally would. Um, but the nice thing, those alternative forages are fitting in nice just because we can physically have more forage to feed in those diets. Right. So it's helped, I guess, reduce the amount of butter fat we've lost. Um, I think overall we've lost some, but we can definitely keep it at a safe level and keep animals healthy at least. And that first crop of hay, what did that look like? And what are you seeing in the second crop? Any results back uh, test-wise on those things yet? Yeah, we got first crop back, and it tested really well. Um, proteins were down a little bit, but overall uh, relative feed value numbers were in that 150 probably across the board. Um, and, again, that UNDF number was low, so it's feeding really well, at least what was there. Um, and then second crop, uh, too soon to tell, but so far the ones that have had to feed right into it, it seems to be holding its own. And the bottom line, of course, is to stay in touch with your uh, nutritionist and give you folks at Synergy Co-op a call, and you'll get lined up in uh, correcting rations, correct? Yep, for sure. We have a wide range of uh, experiences within our team, and we've all kind of seen a little bit of everything, so we're more than happy to help any way that we can. All right. That's Sarah McHenry, Feed Department Sales Manager and Nutritionist at Synergy Co-op with the Synergy Cooperative Agronomy and Field Update. I'm Scott Schultz. I'm Scott Schultz with a focus on energy program with Heather Fagum, who's a program manager for agriculture, schools, and government programs with focus on energy. Focus on energy has incentives for grain dryer tune-ups. Focus on energy has previously provided incentives for new grain dryers, but this year in 2019, we also saw the need to give incentives for tuning up your grain dryer as well. You're actually going to see about uh, 5% in energy reduction and see that uh, investment returned within the drying season um, just with your energy savings that you're sending to the utility. The incentive is $150 per grain dryer tuned up, and that's going to cover about 30% of the cost of the service. That's Heather Fagum, Program Manager for Agriculture Schools and Government Programs with Focus on Energy. For information... About their programs, call 888-947-7828 or see them at FocusOnEnergy.com. Six minutes past five here at Wax 104.5, 58 degrees here in Eau Claire. La Crosse has 62, Marshfield 58, Green Bay's at 63, Rice Lake has 55, Wausau's at 58, Madison 64, Milwaukee the hot spot in the state at 70, and up on Iman Ridge, my beautiful weather reporter tells me it's 59 degrees there. Good early morning sleeping weather, but we have chores to do. There will be some dry air that will be holding today in this countryside with a clear sky and light winds expected. Some clouds might develop late in the day, but rain isn't expected. 
Tonight's temperatures could drop, get this, into the 40s. Today we're looking at a high of 75 and a low of 50. Tomorrow a high of 78 and a low of 56. And Thursday a high of 81 and a low of 60. And so far the forecast I've seen say sunny most of the week. We'll hear from Monica, of course, over at Skywarn 13 later in the morning and uh, get more detail about that. But it looks like a dandy great day out there to get a lot done. At Menominee Street Dental of Eau Claire, the most important smile to us is yours. When it comes to first impressions, nothing says confidence like a strong, beautiful smile. Hi, I'm Dr. Brittany Harris of Menominee Street Dental, and I'm passionate about your smile. Why? Because it's a reflection of your overall health and vitality. Come on in, and let's start with a simple checkup. We'll work together on a plan to restore your smile for lifelong dental health. Menominee Street Dental, online at msdsmile.com. a.m. at Wax 104.5. Let's have a look at the morning markets on the cash livestock side of things. Fed beef steers ended the week at 108.5, ended the day at 108.5 to 118.5, with mixed selling 83 to 108. Fed beef heifers are at 108 to 114 and three quarters, with mixed 60 to 108. Fed Holstein steers are at 82 to 93 and a half, with select and choice going for 64 to 81. Cows are at 58 to 73. Bulls, 67 and a half to 84. Butcher hogs are at 48. Sows, 25 to 28. Boars, 10 to 15. Shorn and unshorn market lambs are going for 115 to 150. And feeder lambs are at 130 to 145. On the livestock futures, Live cattle for August are at 108.65. That's steady. October is at 109.45. That's down 45 cents. December 113.85, down 45. February is at 117.67, down 35. Feeder cattle for August are at 142.30, down a dollar 42. September at 142.82, down 127. October 142.57 down a dollar even. November 142.40 down 90 cents. And January 140.72 down 87. Lean hogs for August are at 84.42. That's down $2. October 76.45 down $3. December 75.45 down 2.65. And February at 79.87 down two and a quarter. A first look at the dairy markets. Barrels of cheese ended yesterday at 172. That was steady. 40-pound blocks also steady at 182 and a half. Grade AA butter ended at 235 down two. The class three field milk futures. July is at 1747 down one. August 1761 down five. September 1794 down five. And October, 1791, down three. Those prices look to be down 
through March. You want assurance that your home, farm, and family has the coverage and protection it needs to get through whatever life sends its way. McMillan Warner Mutual Insurance offers insurance for your farm, home, seasonal, and now your local mutual insurance leader for service and stability offers coverage for your auto. McMillan Warner has been protecting your property for over 120 years, and now you can get that same peace of mind coverage with your auto insurance. To find out more, go to McMillanWarner.com and search for an agent near you. The farm markets are being brought to you by McMillan Warner Mutual Insurance. Eleven minutes past five at Wax 104.5. Let's have a look at some of the farm news in the countryside. Sunny and humid conditions boosted Wisconsin's crops along last week. The latest Wisconsin Crop Progress and Condition Report issued yesterday afternoon by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Ag Statistics Service said corn and soybeans grew rapidly, though crop development remained behind normal because of the spring's late planting. Corn silking was reported at 28% complete, which is 14 days behind last year and 9 days behind the 5-year average. The corn condition was rated 63% good to excellent, which was up 3% compared with last week's report. The blooming of soybeans was reported at 48%, which is 13 days behind last year and 11 days behind average. 10% of the beans were setting pods, which is 15 days behind last year and 12 days behind the average. The soybean condition was rated 65% good to excellent. That's up 3% compared with last week's report. Wisconsin's all hay condition was rated 63% in good to excellent condition, which also is a 3% increase compared with last week. And the state's topsoil moisture was rated 1% very short, 5% short, 78% adequate, and 18% surplus. Well, I have to tell you, folks, Bob Bosold and I have been at a lot of fairgrounds in our days, more than most people would ever want to imagine. But while I was at the Eau Claire County Fair the other day, I bumped into a fella and his son who's hanging out at the fairgrounds. The guy's name is Harry Bame, and his son Kevin was with him. And Harry is 104 years old, and this was not his first rodeo at the Eau Claire County Fair. He's been hitting the Eau Claire and Chippewa County Fairs since he was a youngster. He said uh, somewhere in the mid-20s, 104 years old, and there he was at the county fair in Eau Claire. As usual, I stopped and talked with Kevin and Harry a little bit and uh, started by asking uh, a little bit about the background of it. I asked Harry's son, Kevin, some of the background and then got some details filled in by Harry. Yeah, Harry's uh, attended the Chippewa Fair, this county fair. And he had uh, previously come here every single day. As a youth, um, he grew up on a farm uh, west of Mosinee, Halder, Wisconsin, and uh, had a calf. And uh, he, he, he was a 4 H'er. he said, since he was four years old. So that, that goes way back. And uh, he, with his calf, to train it, to walk on a lead. He walked it, when his parents weren't home, he walked it through the front door of the house and out the back. And he won a prize at the fair, and he's always remembered that. So, um, let me, he's, 
Let me jump this. Harry, you won a prize the first time you were at the county fair. Do you know what year that was? Well, yeah, I'm just, let me think. 15, I was born in 1915, and at the fair, I was 12 years old. So about 1925 or so, somewhere around there, you went to your first fair, huh? And you took a calf? Took a nice Holstein calf, and I got it. And many people had money, had purebred stock. Ours was a mixed grade, but it still was a wonderful animal. A buyer came out from New York when she was two years old, and he bought it from my dad for $200, and 200 was like 2000 Yep. Thanks. 200 bucks, like 2000 Kevin, can you keep Harry from this fairground ever? or what's, How's that going for you? No, he's out here every day if he can and uh, have lunch out here, some pie and ice cream, and uh, he loves to see the animals. Yep. Great, thanks. Kevin and Harry Bain here at the Eau Claire County Fair. Harry making his, I'll do the math sometime, a long time he's been coming to this fair. Scott Schultz at the Eau Claire County Fairgrounds. I want to be like Harry when I grow up, 104 years old, still visiting the Eau Claire County Fair on a regular basis and the Chippewa County Fair for that matter. A little bit more of the farm news organizers of the 2019 Wisconsin Farm Technology Days held last week at Johnson Creek in Jefferson County are calling the event a success, pointing to an afternoon of extended show hours and a youth egg career day as being among activities highlighting this year's show. Despite those positives, however, show officials said they were somewhat disappointed in the attendance, which didn't reach the 40,000 number they were anticipating. The show's executive secretary, Laverne Georgeson, of the Jefferson County uh, UW Extension Office, said he believes the week's good weather actually might have worked against the show with people doing work they weren't able to do during previous days because of rain or high heat. The show was held at the Walters Grain Farm. Next year's show, of course, will be July 21st and 23rd at Huntsinger Farms in Eau Claire County. The call has been put out for volunteers for that show, with potential volunteers asked to call the Eau Claire County UW Extension Office for information. And organizers of the 2020 Wisconsin Farm Technology Days in Clark County are seeking a host farm or farms. Anyone interested in hosting that event should contact the Clark County UW Extension Office in Nielsville. We take pride in serving you. When you're a customer, you're the company. Always a part of one big family. Customer-owned, community-minded, Synergy Co-op. Hey, guys. See how you can get both an unlimited plan with one of the newest phones included for one low price. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 to learn more.
Every week during the planting, growing, and harvesting season, we get a crop progress report. Corn, beans, wheat, oats, barley, everything else. But what about cranberries? We have to go to the cranberry bogs to find out how that's going. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and of course, Wisconsin far and away the leader in cranberry production. And uh, Pam, some of your folks went out into the bogs. What did they find out? Yeah, you bet, Bob. Fabulous farm mate Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And it, it's kind of fun. Uh, I've got Josh Scramlin, a Michigan farm kid, Reba McClone, a Wisconsin farm kid, kind of getting a feel for Wisconsin's agriculture diversity. And, of course, that has to include cranberries. Reba had a chance to catch up with Tom Lochter from the Wisconsin Cranberry Growers. You know, now cranberries are considered a superfood as far as consumers are concerned, and that's hopefully helping them with demand. What may not have been helping, the polar vortex that they had to pull themselves through this past winter. Reba? Every fall, cranberry marshes are filled to the brim with water and berries are floating on top. But with how the weather has been, with the long, cold, drawn-out winter and the wet spring, is that cranberry harvest going to be as bountiful as in years past? Tom Lochner is the executive director of the Wisconsin State Cranberry Growers Association, so he knows his cranberries. He guided me through the marshes of what things are looking like this spring and Wisconsin cranberry production as a whole. Cranberries are the state's largest fruit crop, and Wisconsin leads the uh, country and the the world in cranberry production. Last year, we produced a little over 61% of the U.S. crop. Um, We're on about 21,000 acres of vines grow here in the state, and we harvested uh, last year about 550 million pounds off those acres. So we're a a billion-dollar-a-year industry in central and northern Wisconsin that uh, grows the state's official fruit. That is a lot of cranberries. And have you seen a rise in recent years regarding interest and demand for cranberries? Well, we have, um, and we, but unfortunately, our ability to to grow cranberries is uh, past our ability to uh, sell them. So we're, um, while we're seeing demand go up worldwide for cranberries, we've been in a little bit of an oversupply situation. And over the course of the last two years, we have uh, had. limits on the amount of fruit that was brought to the market and set aside a portion of the crop to try to get supply and uh, demand back in balance and uh, get grow returns to where we need them to be for growers to be economically sustainable. But we've seen uh, our overseas markets uh, increase to the point now where we're uh, selling about 30 to 35 percent of our crop overseas. Why does Wisconsin have such successful cranberry growth? Oh, a whole number of reasons. Uh, cranberries grew here in the wild. They're native to uh, Wisconsin. Uh, our, the early growers found them in wild stands and actually uh, predating uh, European settlement, the Native Americans used cranberries and, and gathered them in the wild. So they've been here um, uh, since the glaciers receded. And uh, so they're a nat- natural native plant and they thrive well in acidic soils and moist soils that we have here in Wisconsin, and our uh, weather is conducive to cranberry growing as well. So uh, we've got uh, the resources. We've got uh, um, the infrastructure here in the state that's built up over time in terms of not only for uh, processing and handling the crop and storing it, but also uh, for uh, providing the inputs that growers need uh, to grow the crop, whether it's a things from equipment to specialized equipment to insurance to financing and so on. 
And I think we also have a, a great resource at the University of Wisconsin, Madison, that's provided our growers with uh, a lot of sound science on how to improve practices. And, and we're at the point where we uh, produce uh, on a per acre basis substantially better than any of the other growing regions. And uh, all of that, um, I think, comes together in that we have probably, in my, in my opinion, some of the best growers in the country uh, growing cranberries here in Wisconsin. They're multi-generational. Uh, families. Um, the farms have been passed down from generation to generation. So the art and science of cranberries has uh, been passed along from generation to generation as well. Um, that's why Wisconsin, I think, is a leader in cranberry production. You talk about that multi-generational aspect and Like you said, the infrastructure for cranberries is huge in Wisconsin. And when I think about the cranberry production facilities I've been to, there's those big pits. And that's not something that can probably easily be gotten rid of once someone decides to switch. Is that part of the reason it stays so multi-generational? Well, I think it's, yeah, once you're in cranberries, it's a full-time job. I mean, you're you're not going to grow other crops. You're not going to rotate out cranberries to another crop. And uh, that's because of the perennial nature of cranberries, that those plants, once you plant them, they're going to be there uh, 20, 30, 40 years. We even have some vines that are 100 years old that are still producing a crop. So you're in it for the long term, the investment in the property, uh, geared toward cranberries. And to be perfectly honest, the, the only uh, crop that really uh, uh, can survive and thrive in that environment of uh, high, highly acidic soils, low pH waters, uh, is the cranberry, and uh, um, that's why we see the multi-generational farms. And plus, over over the years, the uh, growers have managed to market their fruit to be economically sustainable as well as environmentally sustainable. And you talk about some of those vines being a hundred years old. I think about how some perennials can handle some temperatures within the winter and some can't. How did this winter and maybe the polar vortexes impact some of those vines that are already that were already planted? In cranberry growing, what we've learned a long time ago is we do need to protect um, those vines over the winter um, because the fruit bud for um, the next year's crop is set on the vine in the fall of the previous year, so we have to protect that fruit bud over the winter. And here in Wisconsin, we do that by literally uh, flooding the beds when we get that first uh, sub-zero temperatures and creating a layer of ice anywhere from 12 to 14 to 16 inches that sits on top of those vines and acts as a ice mulch so that um, it protects them from the, the severe winters that we've had, the polar vortexes and things like that. So if we're able to make ice, um, that allows us to protect the vines over winter and protect those fruit buds. Um, some years it's uh, the weather is cooperative. This year um, it was cold enough that we could make some ice, but winter got a little bit longer, I think, for everybody. And uh, the late snows um, caused a little bit of concern about uh, slowing down the season and uh, we were able to get going but uh, we're still um, a little bit behind where we normally would be. Speaking of kind of currently how things are going how has this what you said you're a little bit behind but overall how has this really wet spring impacted the cranberries that and what the fall harvest might look like? Well we're we're at a point where we should be in uh, pretty much coming into uh, full bloom in the next week or two. Um, growers are already contracted with beekeepers and have uh, colonies being delivered uh, this week and last week for uh, pollination. Um, however, those, uh, there isn't much bloom out there on the on the, the farms uh, for the bees to work on, so we're seeing some uh, 
um, a little bit of lateness, probably a week or two behind, just because of the cool weather. Um, hopefully, uh, and what usually happens is uh, we get a couple of weeks of uh, nice warm weather and warm nights, and, and the vines catch up pretty quick. And sometimes there's a misconception, is, uh, first of all, that they grow on the standing water, which they don't. Um, so we always try to make that point um, that during the growing season, it's dry. They're growing in sand. We only flood them for harvest uh, for a short period. Um, we flood them in the winter time to protect them, we, and we'll flood them in the spring to control an insect pest or to um, protect them from severe weather. Uh, and, but uh, the rest of the year, they're in a, in a, in a dry culture. Um, they are a wetland plant. They can tolerate water, but they don't like being underwater for long periods of time when they're growing. Um, so hopefully we'll see that in the next two or three weeks. And then once we uh, get the plants, uh, the flowers pollinated and fruit set on the vines, then we can start hopefully seeing them grow into a crop and we'll have a, a normal crop for Wisconsin again this year. So as of right now, it looks like cranberry production will be on track for what it has been in the past? <laughs> well, we got a long way to go. Um, and 85% of what we do out there is dependent upon Mother Nature. So if Mother Nature warms up and behaves like she normally would in a normal year, I think we should have a pretty decent crop here in Wisconsin. You also had mentioned earlier that you guys are making cranberries sustainable. And so when I think about cranberries, I think about in the fall when you're harvesting and you're flooding those beds full of water to paddle up the berries to get them to float. How do you guys focus on sustainability within cranberry growing? Well, I think it's across the whole board and the philosophy that has been ingrained in the, the growers over the generations that they um, appreciate the, the land that they are tilling, um, the land that they're cultivating for their crops, and the, the associated wetlands that uh, surround all cranberry marshes. Generally, we have seven, eight, or nine, maybe even ten acres of what we call support land that we have to maintain um, to support the, the every acre of cranberry vines that we're cultivating. And those areas have a lot of uh, wildlife associated with them. Um, they have a lot of uh, um, plant life associated with them in their areas that that our growers are quite proud of uh, in terms of uh, wildlife areas and natural areas. So we maintain and, and manage those wetland areas um, in a sustainable manner. We, the crop doesn't require a lot of inputs in terms of fertilizers because we're just growing fruit. We're not growing the plants every year. Um, we rely a lot on university research and uh, best management practices that come out of the um, the university um, to be sustainable. Growers are always looking for a better way to conserve water, a uh, better way to conserve uh, and minimize uh, inputs into the crop, and then uh, making sure that the water that we do um, utilize on the cranberry marsh um, is returned uh, in as good of as good a shape, or even better shape than when we uh, uh, began to use it. So uh, there's a, a lot of practices and a lot of technologies that are being adopted to to make sure that we have a small carbon footprint and environmental impact as possible. That was Tom Lochner, the executive director of the Wisconsin State Cranberry Growers Association. And it looks like if the weather ever decides to clear up, we'll have another great year for Wisconsin cranberries. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Reba McClone. Boy, Tom Lochner, been around a long time with the Wisconsin Cranberry Growers Association, and he knows his stuff with that uh, organization, that's for sure. What an industry, that cranberry industry here in Wisconsin. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. 
Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to GEICO. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. Before he became your business partner, before you gave him his first bonus, before you put him on the payroll, before he was an unpaid intern, you saved his resume in your keepers folder. Staples has what your business needs to get you from here to there. And right now, Staples two-pocket poly folders are just 50 cents each, and 12 packs of true red black ballpoint stick pens are only 97 cents each. Staples, here we get you there. In-store only, while supplies last. Offers end 831.19. Limit 30 on full. Fifty-eight degrees as we roll on with the morning chores here at Wax one hundred four point five, heading down towards that half hour mark. Let's have a look at some of the local news. We could learn soon more about the shootings that left five people dead in Lake Halley and Lafayette. Chippewa Falls or Chippewa County Sheriff Jim Kowalczyk said he expects to release more information about the shootings later today. Deputies found two people dead on Lake Halley on in Lake Halley Sunday night, and they found three more people shot and killed in Lafayette early yesterday morning. The initial sense is that it was a murder suicide, but investigators say the person who pulled the trigger is among the dead. A Missouri man is being held without bond in connection to the disappearance of two Shawano County brothers. Garland Nelson is charged in tampering with a vehicle in Caldwell County, Missouri, which was a truck rented by Nick and Justin Demel. The Wisconsin brothers have been missing since last week when they went to Missouri on business and uh, dealing with cattle. Nelson appeared before a judge by video yesterday, and his next court appearance is later this week. An eight-year-old boy is dead after a farming accident in the town of Dane, just northwest of Madison. The Dane County Sheriff's Department said they believed the boy had been trampled by a cow last Friday morning, but later found out his father had accidentally run over him with a skid steer loader. The county medical examiner has ruled the death an accident. Lake Alley's Girl Scout Troop We'll never forget the three scouts who lost their lives last year. And Northwestern Bank and the Northern Wisconsin State Fair are making sure their memories will live on for years to come. The bank and the fair teamed up to donate $26,000 to Lake Halley's Troop 3055. The cash came from a matching donation from Northwestern Bank during the fair. And top Republicans in Madison say a report that they're looking to force through a new political map is fake news. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald have both released statements that push back on a story in the Wisconsin Examiner that said they're looking to appro- approve a new political map in 20, after 2020 by a joint resolution. That would have sidestepped Governor Tony Evers, but uh, Voss's spokesman said the idea is not up for discussion and called the report a, quote, scare tactic and, quote, misinformation. I don't know about that being misinformation, but I know Monica over at Skywarn 13 is always good, full of good information, especially on a day like today. What a brilliant morning. What a great day. 
I wish I was uh, curled up in bed yet at 50-some <laughs> degrees, Monica. I know, exactly, Scott. And uh, the next couple of mornings will continue to offer some good sleep and weather. It is going to be uh, all the air conditioning you could ever need uh, provided by Mother Nature, especially uh, for tonight. And in the meantime, the days are going to look absolutely gorgeous as well. You won't need the air conditioning today either. In the afternoon, we're going to see plenty of sunshine. Highs stop out at 75 and the humidity remains low. Then tonight down to 50, so it's going to be clear and cool. More sunshine to end the month of July, although we could see a little bit of fog tonight and tomorrow. And then into the start of August, we start to warm up a little bit. Tomorrow, 78, then Thursday, 81. Should be at 83 on Friday with more sunshine. And headed into the first weekend of August, there may be a stray shower around, but mostly dry. 84 Saturday, 83 Sunday, and then Still at 82 Monday with a few more showers and storms. Right now in Eau Claire, it's 57. I'm Skywarn 13 meteorologist Monica Ott. Thank you, Monica. Keep that Asia blue up in that sky. Yep, I'll do my best. Thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Proudly celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation is a grassroots organization of people just like us who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau also qualifies you for a number of money-saving member benefits, including discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. The Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Join at WFBF.com. As we just heard from Monica Ott, it's 57 degrees here in Eau Claire. Beautiful morning shaping up. And uh, let's go over to the Barron Equity Barn to hear the report from Casey about yesterday's sale. Just a reminder, we'll be having a small animal sale August 17th at 10 a.m. For today's sale, Choice Holstein steers went from 82 to 87.50. Unfinished steers and heifers sold from 67 and down. Coke cows today, we topped out at 59 with the top 20% selling from 50 to 58. 60% sold from 30 to 49.50 and the bottom 20% selling from 25 and down. Quality Holstein bull calves were selling from 40 to 80. We topped out at 95. Light and poor quality calves were selling from 37.50 and down. Your days in the field start early and end late, but no two are ever the same. You've got a lot invested in this land and even more riding on it in the future. For you, your family, and your community, at Bremer Bank, we're ready to do all we can to help you make it through the tough times and make the most of the good ones. Let's see what we can do together. Find out more at Brimmer.com. Twenty-three before the hour here at Wax 104.5. Let's go over to the Sparta Equity Barn to hear the report from yesterday's sale from Rod Knudsen. And then we'll be hearing from Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Equity Barn. The slaughter come arc today steady with 20% of the cows at 60 to 68 and a half, 60% of the cows at 50 to 60, and 20% of the cows at 50 and down. Slaughterable market steady with the high yielding commercial bulls 75 to 80, with your canner lightweight utility bulls at 75 and down. Fed cattle market steady with the choice overnight beef steers and heifers $1.12 to $1.16. Select the choice beef steers and heifers $1.00 to $1.12. Your choice dairy cross steers and heifers at 95 to $1.05. Your choice overnight Holstein steers at 90 to 
Your choice Holstein steers 82 at a 90 with your standard to select steers and heifers at 82 and down. Replacement calf market steady with the top Holstein bull calves at 50 to a dollar a pound. Your choice Holstein heifer calves at 20 to 30 and the good beef type calves at a dollar 50 to 320 a pound. And just a reminder that on this next Thursday, August 1st, will be our next dairy feeder cattle sale. Dairy cattle at 12.30, followed immediately with the feeders. And this has been Rod Knutson at the Equity Livestock Market at Sparta. Have a good day. Here we go. We've got Jerry Fitzgerald on the line over at the Stratford Equity Market. Jerry, it's hard to crawl out of bed this morning, isn't it? Well, good morning to you, Scott. I'll have to agree with that. Yeah, what a nice morning. 50, uh, we got it. Let me look here. 56. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty nice morning. And, like, uh, we don't have to worry about uh, heat index on the livestock today. So it's, uh, I know, uh, in that really uh, extreme heat we had just a little bit ago, I know I talked to several dairy farmers, you know, that really affects the production on the cow. But uh, this nice days like today, things will recover nicely. So, uh Anyway, uh, you know, one thing, though, we're, man, we're winding down July here. It'll be August pretty soon, so where's the summer going here, Scott? That's amazing. It, you know, what is it, Thursday? Thursday is uh, the 1st of August? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, Pretty soon it, we'll be going to a Friday night high school football game, I suppose. Well, that, yeah, that continues, and then after what happens after that, we won't talk about that, okay, because it's yeah. still summer, right? That's right. That, them's fighting words in my house, by the way, with my uh, teacher in the house, but we don't need oh, that to okay. start quite yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So what's going on over at the market, Jerry? All right, Scott, thank you very much, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday, Monday, here in Stratford. Um, we'll start out with the uh, cow car auction yesterday. Uh, cows are on a steady trend here. These higher-yielding, uh, fleshier type cows selling from 60 to 72. We topped yesterday in the cow market at 73. Uh, most of the cows on yesterday's sale, your average dairy cows, were selling from 46 to 59. Those thinner, plainer cows uh, below the $46 money. On the bull trade, you open up the week. Better quality bulls, mostly from 74 to 88. Lightweight bulls, $70 and below. Fat cattle yesterday, choice grading Holstein steers were uh, mostly from uh, uh, 80 to 89. Select steers, underfinished cattle, 77 and down. Now into the calf market, the replacement Holstein bull calves uh, weighing 85, 220 pounds, and they were selling from 50 to 125 with the top of the bull calves here in Stratford yesterday at 130. Again, heifer calves, very limited demand on heifer calves, $45 and below. Beef calves in good demand, 140 to 285 with a top on the black calves yesterday at 305 Now the sales schedule uh, for this week continues here Tuesday here in Stratford uh, today. Market auction uh, does start at 11 o'clock today. Of course, we sell market cattle today and also calves. Tomorrow, Wednesday, auction begins at 10 o'clock. And as part of that sale tomorrow, we do have the feeder cattle sale. That will be a noontime start for that. And, of course, our Thursday auction does start at 11 o'clock. Just want to look ahead a little bit till next week. Our next dairy sale here in Stratford will be one week from today. Uh, that will be August 6th, Tuesday, August 6th. Uh, and uh, uh, next Wednesday, August 7th, we will be uh, conducting a special bread beef cow sale, and we do have a very nice complete herd dispersal for that sale. That will be next Wednesday, August the 7th. So keep that on your calendars, folks. If you are in the beef business looking for some real nice bread beef cows, that will be next week. All this info is on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page. Our phone number is 715-687-4101. And, of course, over here in Marathon County, the fair does start in Wasa today. So uh, a lot of stuff going on, Scott, all the time. So uh, just uh, 
You just don't get any rest at all, do you? No, we don't. That, nobody's crying for me, though, Jerry. That's the way that goes. I oh, know wow. It's good to be retired, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I th- I'm i the only one in my family of, of all the six kids that uh, isn't retired, and so they're they're pretty, probably finally laughing at me a little bit. Well, wait yeah, a minute. Well, they laugh you're at not... me quite a lot as it is. As long as you can get out of bed in the morning, enjoy mornings like this, I guess it's all worth it. So, Scott, you enjoy this beautiful day, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. You too, Jerry. Take care. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Equity Market. Let's go to the Zambroda Barn and hear from Kelsey Darrow about the most recent sale over there, and then we'll be hearing from Michelle over at Turin. Fed Beef Steers. Finishing off last week, we're 110 to 118 and a half with a mixed grading of 83 to 109. Fed beef heifers were 110 to 114.85 with a mixed grading of 60 to 109. Fed dairy cross steers were at 85 to 115. Fed dairy steers are at 82 to 90 with the lightweight select grade at 64 to 81. Market cows brought mostly 50 to 73, with the thin chelly cows at 20 to 49. Market bulls range from 67.5 to 84. Looking at the sheep division, feeder lambs 50 to 70 pounds are at 130 to 142.5. 70 to 90 pounds are at 130 to 145. Shorn and unshorn fed lambs range from 115 to 150. The utility and good use brought 65 to 85, with the thin and call use at 20 to 65. And looking at our upcoming auctions, for our feeder cattle auction today at 1 o'clock, we have seven Hereford heifers at 750 pounds, and they are vaccinated, four black steers at 900 to 950 pounds, two black steers at 350 pounds, and three black bulls and heifers at 375 pounds and looking at our sheep and goat auction on tuesday july 30th at 8 a.m we are expecting 139 white-faced lambs at 70 to 90 pounds they have been vaccinated and are on feed that is a look at your central livestock market report from zimbroda thank you for that kelsey and we have michelle from terrine livestock Still in the afterglow of the wedding, big wedding in her family, but you don't get to have that glow for very long, do you? Because you're moving right into the next one. Yeah, we'll just be glowing off for quite a long while, so it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, kind of, I'm excited. Yeah, so. you, get, you get the double glow. And, and, and off the air, folks, I, I have to tell you that Michelle was complaining about how cold it is today. I was. Well, you know, it's July. Just go out this July. Remember, it was cold through June. We were like, oh, we're summer. We're summer. Remember that. Remember that. And, you know, Bob called Bob called in yesterday to check in and, um, and just to say, hey. And it struck me just now that we might be cooler right now than it is uh, where he is in Alaska. There's always that chance. Yeah, I know. It's just yeah. crazy. I just... You know, summer was so short already this year. It's like, you know. Yeah. But I guess I should be happy with 65 versus 55, right? This is true. This is true. So tell us what's going on at the markets. 
All right. Thank you, Scott. So, I mean, this is still from Monday, July 29th at Tremont Tech Market. In the Slavica market, we topped at 78.5 with a consignment by Robert Dreyer of Sheldon. 80% of the cows up from 48 and above. Market cows are 58 to 76, low yielding cows 47 to 57, thin and weak cows 46 and down. In the Holstein Steer Market, choice in prime 80 to 92, selects for 79 and down. For beef type steers and heifers, choice in prime 85 to 108, selects for 83 and down. In the bull market, high yielding beef types came in at 70 to 84 with the utilities at 68 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality Hulkin bull calves sold from $35 to $125 per head. We kept at $126 with a consignment by Henry Burkholder of Thorpe. Lighter and lower quality calves, $25 per head and down. Hulkin heifer calves were $10 to $50 per head. Beef calves, $75 to $245 per head. In the hog market, butcher hogs were $33 to $43 and a half. Sows, 32 to 38 and a half. Boars were 15 and a half and down. Our next show will be tomorrow, Wednesday, the 31st. We'll start with CAS at 5 p.m. If you have a question or you need trucking, give us a call to market at 715-669-7127. And check us out on the web at tlmthorpe.com. For all the Citroen livestock, your family owned an operating market. Have a great day. Thank you, Michelle. And you have a great day, too. And Come on, enjoy this nice, cool weather. <laughs> I'll enjoy it for a couple of days until the 80s are returning, so we'll be good. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you Thursday, Michelle. Take, Take care. care. Michelle over at Tureen Livestock in Thorpe. Central Livestock Association is your full-service livestock market with sale barns in Zambroda, Albany, and Rock Creek. Central Livestock has been in the business of marketing your livestock successfully for almost 100 years, so you know they know the business. They handle all species of livestock with special sales each week, Monday through Thursday. To find out more about their sales schedule, call Zambroda toll-free at 1-877-732-7305. That number again is 1-877-732-7305. Trust your livestock to the professional at Central Livestock. Weston, where wellness offerings like the new Eat Well menu, on-demand workout gear, and signature Heavenly Bed have all been curated with one thing in mind, you. As we've been reporting this morning, 57 degrees here at the Wax 104.5 studio. What a beautiful morning, in my book anyway. Some people like it a little warmer, Michelle, just pointed that out. She's one of those people who, on July 30th, thinks it should be a good chunk warmer than 57 degrees this time of the morning. Speaking of the temperature, I've I've mentioned Bob checked in yesterday with me. At, he's there. That traveling crew is having a great time in Alaska, and he sent another report down about how things are going with that crew. Lots more folks traveling with us as we uh, make our way through Alaska, Canada, back into Alaska. A lot of driving to do. The Jensens are with us from up in the Medford area, Ricky and Dawn. And Rick, tell us about your idea of coming on a trip to Alaska. Well, I think the rail trail going up through through there was really exciting, kind of scary in places, different to see. Uh, did you get outside and go on the back, or did you stay no, in the cabin? I'm a little scared of heights, so I stayed in the cabin. <laughs> Are you a cruiser? Do you like uh, riding on the ship like we did to start the trip? It was good for a few days. I'm glad we three days was enough. It's good, 
good to get off and see something else. How'd you and Don decide that you wanted to come on a trip to Alaska? Oh, I don't know. It's just something different to see, the different scenery and mm -hmm. so. Well, you got a lot more to see. Yeah. That'd... Who's taking the pictures, you or Don? Don. Okay, we'll check with her. <laughs> Don is with us also. Yep. Don, who's taking care of the home fires at Chelsea Sportsman's Club? Who's taking care of that while you're gone? Um, There's really nothing going on for a couple weeks, so it was a good time to get away. So, oh, that's good. Yeah. How much traveling have you guys done? I know you went to California with us here about 20 years ago. Yeah. Yep. Um, we've done quite a bit of traveling. New York, Florida, Vegas, California. I How mean, does Alaska compare? Oh, it's just amazing. It's unbelievable. So what do you think about that White Pass and Yukon Railroad ride? Oh, that was scary. I mean, it, the scenery was beautiful, but the drop-offs, I'm glad the train didn't go off the track. <laughs> <laughs> so what else so far uh, have you done? Did you guys take any excursions off the ship or just around Juneau? No, just around Juneau, we did a lot of walking and saw the capital and that type of thing. They live a different life up here, don't oh, they? Oh, definitely. Not much security. It's pretty, pretty nice. Oh, that's good. All right, Don and Rick Jensen from the Medford area. Now let's go to Chile, where uh, Butch and Sharon Meisner are with us. And Sharon, I know you guys have done some traveling, but uh, this is the first time to Alaska? Yes, it is. So, first time on a cruise, too. Oh, good. How'd you like the cruise? Oh, wonderful. People were friendly. Everything was clean. So how'd you uh, decide you wanted to come to Alaska? Well, because Bob was directing <laughs> it. <laughs> the real reason. <laughs> Always wanted to do it. And you've been disappointed or you've been happy oh, with it? Happy. And yep. we, we still got a, a lot, lot of things to, to see. see. How did you en enjoy that cruise as far as uh, the food? And did you guys do anything off the ship? Yes, we went to Mendenhall Glacier, and we went to the Glacier Gardens, which I would recommend to anybody. That was just beautiful. This guy had turned his yard and part of the rainforest into a garden, and a lot of beautiful flowers. You're going to be praying for sun so we can see Denali here in a little later in the week? You betcha. <laughs> you betcha. They don't have many hills around mountains around Chile, do they? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I said this is a lot like Canada, but... We got mountains here. Boy, we sure do. All right, thanks, Sharon. Butch yeah. is also with us, Butch Meisner. And, uh, Butch, your uh, thoughts on Alaska and British Columbia and Yukon Territory so far? Well, it, it's great uh, where we are right now in Whitehorse. Uh, they're very laid back and uh, uh, different, different lifestyle. They don't have the regulations that uh, we have back in the States, and it's, it's just great to see something like that. And the people are friendly, too, and you'd have no trouble visiting with people, but uh, but uh, you've met a lot of people and talked to a lot of people. Oh, I sure have, and it's been great. Uh, met a lot of different people, people that have traveled uh, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I see you got a souvenir from the uh, from the train ride. You got yourself a new cap. Right from the White Pass and Yukon uh, train ride. That was just fabulous. You. You get up and going around these bends and curves, and when you can see the front of the train at one time, you know, and take pictures of it, and then look down and see those rivers that flow way down that are um, water coming from the um, from the glaciers, and it's kind of milky. It's it's just beautiful. And we got a lot more to see. We sure do. Yeah, we're right. looking forward to it today. We've seen some wildlife and um, very, Other very good Sharon? trip. Other than Sharon? 
other than Sharon. <laughs> the Masters and the Jensen's Chile and Medford along with us as we continue in Alaska on our Wax Holiday Vacations Farm Tour. Hi, Bob Bosold. And as so many of us know, hanging around with Bob is always a great time. So if you ever get the chance, take a tour with Bob. He's those folks, everybody uh, speaks very highly of it. Who goes with him? When you're in for improving your energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for growing your farm's energy savings. Focus on energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-947-7828 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. Heading toward the milk house with the morning chores here at Wax 104.5 at 5.55 a.m., five minutes before 6. We mentioned the crop progress report earlier, and uh, locally, the crop progress reporters from around the state, uh, Chippewa County, the reporter there uh, reported an inch of rain from the storms on Sunday and Saturday. There was no rain the week uh, during the week, which provided an opportunity for second for the second crop hay to be harvested. Uh, corn is tasseling in many fields, and most fields have rebounded there from the winds that bent corn stalks. Soybeans are stretching out and have been canopied. Over in Pierce County, they report strong storms hit the Hager City and Bay City and Ellsworth area late into the evening on the 28th. Storm damage was being assessed as of yesterday. That storm brought heavy winds and a high volume of rain. In St. Croix County, the moist weather has helped corn along. The storms in the north had caused plenty of storm da- uh, crop damage. In Portage County, strong winds and heavy rain last weekend flattened some crops, and they're starting to see some goosenecking in the corn because of that, and some small green fields are going to be difficult to harvest because of that lodging. A look at the morning markets. On the green side of things, corn for December is at 420 uh, 424 down two. December oats is at 265 steady. November soybeans at 902 is down two. Soybean meal for October is at 307 down one. At $307 a ton, that is, down a dollar. December wheat is at 505 down three on the country elevator side of things. On corn, Golden Plump at Arcadia is at 388. The Countryside elevators at Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, Fall Creek, and Osseo at 360. Stevens Point is at 390. Elk Mound at 372. Sparta, 371. Ellsworth, 352. Ethanol Plants, Boysville's at 380. Stanley at 389. And New Richmond at 385. On the soybean side, Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, Fall Creek, and Osseo are at 808. Stevens Point at 792, Elk Mound 817, Sparta 809, and Ellsworth at 808. On the dairy side, barrels of cheese ended the day yesterday at 172. That's steady. 40-pound blocks at 182.5 were steady. Grade AA butter at 235 was down to July, uh, the Class Three dairy futures. July is at 1747, down one. August at 1761, down five. September 1794, down five. October at 1791, down three. And those prices look to be down 
through March. Well, that wraps it up for me. This morning's chores at Wax 104.5. Be careful doing whatever you're doing out there today, folks. We take pride in serving you. When you're a customer, you're the company. Always a part of 